Blog Talk Radio. I met a man out of space. He asked me what I was doing there. Cause I looked out of place.
put together a broadcast, but I will say this. Uh, the truth don't really need any help. And I actually, I, I have been saying that almost every week for weeks now about how the truth doesn't need any help, and tonight is no different. And we're hoping that uh, a few songs not being there is not going to deter anyone for, uh, from not listening and joining us on and what I call an important discussion. This is a discussion that I have been wanting to have for a long time, wanting to have it under the correct circumstances, making sure I'm not saying anything sideways just because I'm pissed off or something like that. But I got th- I got two songs in my audio feed where I have paid for like hundreds. And uh, just because I stuck one song in the intro, it's there. So I'm not going to blame it on the devil. I'm just going to say technical difficulties. I'm not going to um, say that, you know, the man did it. It's an agenda or something to that sort, which is kind of similar to what we're going to be talking about tonight. Anyway, now this show tonight came together. Uh, well, actually has been coming together for me um, in my pursuit of knowledge. I want to know as much as I can know because I think the more you know about a lot of things, the more knowledge that you have about everything, the better equipped you are to make decisions about yourself and for your future, and especially if you have children. I think that that is just the truth of humanity. It's not got any type of religious spin on it, any type of doctrine spin on it. But the truth of the matter is is that people function by a lot of these things, and because everybody's different, everybody's world is different, everybody wants different things, I think that it comes across sometimes in such a way not being well understood, I guess you could say. Some people just don't understand what you're saying or what you want um, from life or what your drive or purpose, what your platform is, and I'm just not afraid to ask. So I ask some questions, or I've been added to Groups in social arenas, uh, whether here in town or on Facebook and uh, different social sites. And anytime you enter into a world that is not um, familiar with you, it's just like the song. They just started. It's like you're from two different worlds, you speak in two different languages, there's the sameness about you. Uh, but you can't really tell what that is. And sometimes when people can't put their finger exactly on the line, exactly alike, it can get almost insulting. And that is the case of what happened. Now, just like I said, when I, when the shows first started, I just got back in town, just got back uh, from a very uh, joyful, uh, family-feel, loving, conversing trip. And we actually had this conversation at home, had a conversation about uh, – our family's faith base and where it uh, originated and why it was so uh, separatist from other groups of thought or other religious affiliations. And I think I left with more questions um, rather than more answers, but I did have an understanding as to why we did some things. It's not the truth of all, but I think I understood a lot of those points, and so it was ironic that I get this text or I get added to, you know, groups all the time. I get friends from uh, friends of friends on different social medias, and I don't know for sure what they think. I just know that they are um, wanting to talk uh, and wanting me to have an opinion and sometimes almost prodded to have an opinion. In this case, it was just a picture, and it was a picture of the, the, the it's not the Budweiser man, but it's this dear guy 
who's a very elderly but very sophisticated uh, white man with a beard who has a little bit of attitude about everything that he says, but he says it in such a way that it's very, I would say, uh, nonchalant. It's passe. And instead of it being the commercial, of course, they cropped and propped and they put in a very common uh, uh, picture of Jesus Christ, okay? The, the face of Christ is a white man with hair that falls past his face. He's usually Caucasian, and he has a beard and a and a goatee, and it's just, you know that was Jesus. I mean, if he didn't have a crown of thorns on his head, you would just be ludicrous to think that it was anybody else. And the caption actually said, um, something that I thought was kind of derogatory and something that was very rude to people who see that symbol as a part of what their belief system is. And I simply just challenged him um, saying that, you know, this was rude, uh, that it was not going to um, – I asked – well, actually, I said, why, why is it necessary to degrade or demean someone else's belief system because it's not yours and – his answer was, I didn't say that I didn't believe. And his retort to that was that, um, you are a coon, get off of my page, and, you know, go back to wherever you came from. Basically just saying some of the rhetorical type of insults that I have heard from people who are absolutely non-Christian. Okay. So I don't think that it's important for me to have a platform tonight to be so, so, so pro-Christian as much as I need to understand how other people think. And I wanted to have a conversation with someone who may or may not have the same belief system as I. And so I just, again, went to Facebook. And lo and behold, there was my friend, uh, Sif. I'm sorry. Let me look. Don't tell me. Uh-uh. Don't tell me. Kashif Muhammad. Did I say it correctly? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, and so we had a short conversation earlier today, and if before we even get started, I would like for him to introduce himself and um, what he believes in, if he can, in a summation of sorts. Okay. Um, hello. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Kashif Muhammad. I am 30 years old, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, but living now in Wilmington, Delaware, I was raised under the Muslim persuasion, so I ascribe Islam to my lifestyle. I am a Muslim uh, by choice and not by force. Um, I've dedicated myself to a lot of education and research, so I've went into the field of learning and educating myself unbiasedly with other people's belief systems. So I've studied that, and I've held seminars uh, mainly at Morgan State University, which is located in Baltimore, Maryland, and um, I've had seminars and things put together programs where many people came out uh, with different backgrounds, different beliefs and religion, and they came and I put forward the belief of Islam as not depicted in the the media, uh, what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. So I I do that, and I spend my time educating people on uh, some of the misconceptions that they may have of Islam and also other religions, because other religions also have uh, misconceptions. So that is what I do in a nutshell. Thank you. Okay. 
It's very interesting that you would even explain your belief system, firstly, by being of choice and not by force. Is there uh, a different uh, form or possibly associated religious movement or discipline um, similar to the, uh, is it the Nation of Islam? Okay, uh, so. That's the same? Or, okay, or tell me the difference. Well, first, the, the reason I said by choice and not force, because my perception or my uh, my opinion, on, you know, with anybody in that belief, I have I have observed that a lot of people, I can't give a percentage on it, but some people, they they are of that faith because they were raised on that particular faith in the house. For an example, you know, some Christian people are Christian because they may have been raised in the home of uh, Christian belief. Some Muslims choose to be Muslims because they were raised in the house like that, some Jews, etc. I said by choice because uh, when I was growing up, um, I was in a, a house with Muslims. So normally and naturally I will be raised as a Muslim, but uh, in my teenage years I kind of shifted away and, you know, rebelled a little bit. And that's when I became around 18 or 19, I decided to buckle down and be unbiased and just study every religion. And I came to the conclusion that Islam was for me and my choice. But to answer your question further, uh, Islam uh, means submission to the will of God. And the set of Islam is Muslims who abide by the Quran, which is the legislation that God sent down. And we follow uh, what we believe to be Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the last messenger to all of mankind. Uh, irregardless of whatever race you are, whatever race you are, that he was sent to all of mankind, and he was a messenger in a long line of messengers, including Jesus Christ, Moses, Noah, Abraham, um, um, and uh, who I forget, Moses, Abraham, oh, and Noah. So, when you have the nation of Islam, our view on them is that they're not orthodox or even ascribed to be authentic Muslims. Rather, without being disrespectful. They are a group who chose the title Muslim because of the bare meaning of submitting to God and have taken some verses from the Quran and applied them in ways that they understand without the authentic meaning that the Quran has intended. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, and we're just here to listen we're, I mean, to learn. I mean, we'll open up the lines in just a bit. But if I heard you correctly, to be Islamic is to be in the uh, practicing and submission of the will, the word of God, word of God. Uh, but yes. you can be Muslim, and it cannot be actually through the uh, actual teachings of the messengers, i.e., Jesus, uh, Moses, Noah, and the others. But you could you could say that you're quote unquote Muslim. Well, to be, to be Muslim authentic, to, to be Muslim authentically, the belief is that you believe in the God, the God of Moses, Abraham, uh, Noah, Adam, Isaac, uh, Isaiah, Joseph, etc., and that we follow the authentic scripture, n namely the Quran and the Sunnah. The Sunnah means the example, the lifestyle, the approvals, the disapprovals of the Messenger Muhammad. And for Muslims to ascribe to the lifestyle of the Prophet Muhammad. It enables us also, by default, to follow all the other previous messengers, namely Jesus Christ, Moses, Abraham, Noah, and that long line all the way that goes back to the first man, Adam. Okay. So, Jesus, it's okay to have Jesus there. It's yes, okay and, and to... Actually, 
Right. I'm sorry. Actually, a Muslim cannot be a Muslim without believing that Jesus Christ was created by God, sent by God, the Word of God, and the Messiah. And our our definition of Messiah is that he was anointed and appointed to the people that God uh, sent him to, the children of Israel. Okay. So with that, see, to me, that's the aha. That's a totally I did not know moment and we talked earlier about the differences in when people start to uh denominate or to segregate a, a sudden um perspective or consciousness of the truth and start to blend in things of their personal choosings um to make it fit better, to make it feel better, to be palatable. Yes. Like this is something that I've never, ever heard uh, about anyone, whether they have the claim of is uh, being an is Islamic or being a Muslim. Now, tell me this, too, is because I thought, too, that being Islamic is, is a race and not simply just a uh, a quote-unquote religious preference or a move of people, is it a race that is also Islamic or is that Muslim? Okay, so a great misconception that uh, people have in the world is that Islam is a race or is started by the Arabs. Actually, Islam is the name given by God for the way of life that the Muslims choose to follow. Islam literally means submission and surrender to God. A Muslim is the one who ascribes to that way of life or that religion and submits himself or herself to God. Now, the Arab world, the Arab world and the Eastern world, the, uh, the third world, they only make up around 20% or 21% of the whole Muslim religion, which is shocking for people to know because the media uh, uh, put portrays that Islam is an Arab-based religion, and it's not. Islam is for all walks of life, all people, excuse me, all races, whether you're Caucasian, African-American, Hispanic, what, what have you. Islam is not a race. Islam is a way of life that any race can choose to be thus making them a Muslim, one who submits to the Creator's will. Okay, so you can be white, you can be Asian, you can yes. be of another uh, racial, which with which is the little box that you check of what you're made out of, just your biology and cultural background. You can be uh, something other than the area of the world where you're born, or the race, because there, I, you know, I, I know that I'm not alone, and I know other people could probably uh, ditto to the fact that a lot of people have bunched all of the persons who, uh, and, and and it's always about something very non-practicing. It's all it's all the time about something that's just literal, like what you wear what you do and what yes. you don't do, uh, which is the religion part of it. And, you know, I, I had to learn that there's a difference between what a person does on a routine and, and what they practice versus uh, the doctrine of their belief. And if I'm not mistaken, in order to be a true anything, uh, and I think this will probably be the, the truth of a Muslim, you can't. You can't preach something that you don't practice and be fully committed or abiding or submitted to that if you don't show it in your life. Is that not the truth of that, that is being Muslim? That is correct. 
that's that's two verses in the Quran that actually point out to that. One verse says, "Do you enjoin righteousness on the people while you forget to practice it yourself, although you read the scripture?" Meaning, take account of what you're doing before you judge people, and while you're judging them and calling them to what you believe on, while you or yourself are not. Are standing upon that And in another verse or place A chapter in the Quran It says that the best of those in speech Are the ones who say I am Muslim Meaning I submit to God While calling people to the truth And also standing upright On what they are calling people upon firmly And giving a great example Of what you're calling people to I see You know I wish that I was the type Of person who could throw you out the Christian King James version of the Bible, but I don't I don't I would just admit, you know, I kinda of feel bad saying it. I, I just have to admit that I don't study the specifics because I think as the essence is more important uh than the literal word. But we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. I wanna go ahead and add another caller to the line. They are on the line. I just don't want to distance anybody's being here before we go any further. 8952, are you there? Can you hear me? That's the last four digits of your phone number, 8952. Okay. Okay, maybe they're not wanting to uh, to say anything, so we'll just respect that because I think it's important that if people don't want to say anything, that you shouldn't browbeat them, and that and that actually kind of feeds in great to our next kind of subtopic because I'm told and I'm going to just be honest, and that's what we do here on the um, Empire here, Kashiva. I thought you were going to be. Uh, spitting scriptures to me I thought you were going to be telling me How much of a hellion I am uh, I thought you were going to Say something totally different From the conversation we had And I'm going to tell you why That is exactly the practice of the Christian faith Practices That I was reared in And just for the lack of conversation you know, for, for, the, for the need to kind of bind the conversations up You told us about how you were raised In a Muslim home So it was almost you know, an expectation, but you had to learn at some point yourself. Was there something that specifically happened in your life that made you want to say now? Because I know you know your parents loved you, and I know you yes. know that the people that around you, you had your best interest, but I think that we all trust our parents the same in that way when it comes to our faith base. Was there anything in particular that made you want to seek out and know uh, a, a deeper truth than just I'm gonna trust what my mom and dad said. Yes, um, I had a, I had a thought to myself um, when I was around 18 years old, and I, I had to ponder. And my own personal pondering was that, you know, I believe in the Creator, and I know He put me here, and He He I, I did not have to consult with my mother or my father on Him placing me here, so. I don't want. I don't have to consult with my mother, or father, respect, respectively, in choosing to worship him. But yet, I know my mother and father has the best of interests for me. But they also can make mistakes, uh -huh. as they are human. And I know intentionally, uh -huh. our parents don't mean to lie to us or you know lead us the wrong way. Okay. So just to, just to make sure, I did my own research because I had the idea that I didn't want to be raised on Judgment Day, and say, well, God, I only did what my mother and father said. And he's going to say, well, I gave you a brain, a faculty of a brain, a faculty of a heart. He gave us a brain to use to, to soak in data, information, and to analyze and to critique things. As in the Bible, it says, 
for the Christians who follow in the Bible is in First Thessalonians chapter five twenty one. It says to prove all things and hold fast to them. So I was one of those uh, people who like evidence. I, I'm not a person who just blindly follows what I'm taught, like a parrot, uh, as I say, respectively. I I like to I, okay. I take in information, but I like to have proof. So that's what led me. I'm going to tell you something. You are about the most respectful of any religion, just period, because I think, you know, I don't, I know that this is not foreign to you. There are certain things that you don't talk about, period. Like, you just don't talk about religion. You don't talk about people's faith base. You don't talk about um, politics, because it's obviously going to draw um, opposition, and it's sometimes inexplainable why people do the things that they do. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that um, we have, everybody has, is that some people are simply doing it because their mom and daddy did it. They're doing it because everybody in their family has been of this particular uh, truth, and um, so the the expectation is that you'll do it as well. Now, we talked earlier about, um, you know, uh, believing in a, a supreme being, um, that supreme being. For, like some people just absolutely don't. It's kind of, you know, I don't know how you cannot believe in a supreme being when everything that you do to support your disbelief is to discount the exact things that are kind of like proof. It's almost like an oxymoron to me. So I think that people who uh who, whose belief system is directly related to not believing uh, is also a, uh, the same for whose whole belief is to discount what your belief says. For example, you know, I'm a Christian. There are some people who think that Jesus is just like a really a figment. Like he like he never existed. Uh, they, they say things like the letter J was never uh, even created. Um, they say that there's a boat in slave. They also tie in oppressive times for people uh, that are not the, uh, the, the the largest group of people. If you're a, a subordinate to any other race of people, they, they tie in your history of being subordinate to them, like slavery, like uh, apartheid, any, any and every race. They tie slavery into that. They say that Jesus Christ was the name of a boat. And, like, I'm not sure that that's just not re-information over and over again that's flawed or if there is some truth to it. Do you? you we talked about the truth being different from Christian standpoint and the Quran standpoint because we compare and contrasted the Bible to the Quran. And if you could share, and I'm going to try to open up another line because the line's coming on and then they're disappearing. I'm not sure if I'm having technical difficulties or if people are just not sure about the conversation we're talking to because Chief Muhammad tonight, and we're talking about, um, we're having a discussion about the differences that may be obvious or some of the misunderstandings between different religious groups. And you're welcome to speak, and we won't bite your head off. I don't have a little sound bite because my board of information is not here but um if you have the phone number if you're live online call us 646-478-5625 and if you can't get in through that number call 855-349-0668 but we're going to talk again with uh, uh kashif and ask again what are the differences between the bible and say the quran because i i don't know what, what are they okay Okay, 
So first, the Quran says, and Allah, Allah is a nomenclature, is a name for the God, the same God that the Christians and the Jews recognize. So most of the times when you hear this word Allah, some people attribute this to a foreign God, and actually it's the same one, we just call him by this personal name. But in the Quran, there's a verse that says the Quran itself, and let me tell you what the Quran means. The Quran means the recital or the literal word of God. So it's called the Quran, the oft-repeated recital of God. So that's why the Muslims are often memorizing and preserving this book within our minds and hearts. But in the Quran it says that the Quran itself is a confirmation of the previous scriptures that came before. So what do I mean? We believe in Moses. We believe that God sent Moses tablets, the Ten Commandments. We believe that God sent Moses the Torah, the detailed, comprehensive message to him. We believe that God sent a gospel to Jesus Christ. But we also believe that when Jesus Christ left, when he was raised up into heaven, when Moses died, when these messengers left, people who were not so moral took it upon themselves to alter God's word. And some people did not take the trust onto preserving it and living it. So the Quran is just a final message. This is known is a new book with the same message. The essential message excuse me, the essential message and theme being in Arabic, La ilaha illallah, which is translated to mean there is nothing or no one who deserves worship or obligation to worship except for the one true God. And this has been the theme of all the messengers and prophets since Adam all the way up to Muhammad. So the Quran is not a book that's coming to battle with the Bible or to fight against the Bible. No, the Quran is a book that confirms the truth that is already in the Bible while expelling the falsehood that crept up into it. So if you can imagine right now, if all of us were in a town or in a, um, a, a, a era with Jesus Christ, for example, we would have to follow him because he's God's messenger and he came with a revelation. Now, our kids are going to have kids. So when that generation comes... During our generation, some people had altered the book. So now our children and their children and their children, they need guidance. So God sent another messenger, Muhammad, and he sent the Quran down to confirm the truth that was in the gospel that Jesus came with and to expel whatever crept in there. For an example, Jesus Christ said, follow the commandments. And the, the number one commandment in, in the Bible is a lot of people... Don't even remember or know what the number one commandment is out of the Ten Commandments. And number one, it is that thy God, thy one, thy God is one God. Hail Israel, thy God is one God. Worship Him with all thy mind, heart, and strength. And the Quran says the same, and it says, "Qul Allahu ahad," which means, "Say He is God, the One." And when we say One, we're not talking about the number one. We mean one unique, meaning there is nothing like Him. Because if you have the the number one, you can add to it, you can multiply it, you can subtract it, and things like that. But with the one God, you cannot do any of those things with him like that. But So we say he's one unique, meaning there is no one besides him that is like him. So the Quran is a confirmation of the previous revealed scriptures, but it, it, it agrees with the truth. So when in the Muslim religion, we don't necessarily believe in the concept that God Almighty is a triune trinity God. We believe that God is one and unique without any partners. And there's plenty of verses in the Bible that back this up when Jesus says, Hail Israel, thy Lord thy God is one. When God says in the Old Testament that I am, I am, I am the Savior. Besides me, there is none on the, in the heavens, the earth, or the sea below. So that, that is the difference.
No, I'm going to tell you, um, I, I shared that with you earlier, that my dad was a Catholic whose uh, religious teachings, and I don't, I can't speak for it in whole, but I know that they believe in a trinity. They believe in a three-parted kind of Godhead, whereas the uh, my mom is a Pentecostal, and I'm talking about old school Pentecostal wearing dresses down to, the actually a lot of what uh, their uh, old uh, ways of dressing is very similar to, uh, I would say, women who are Muslim because very little of your bodily skin is shown. And why? I can't tell you. That's just what they did. Now, I can't tell you because the Christians don't tell you that. They just say that's what you're going to do, and that's what we've always done. So do that, and that's what we did. So, um, but her 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 religious uh, teachings were always that there was one God. Um, actually, there's scripture that is drilled into my head: one God, one faith, one baptism. That there's one way. Um, that is is a, a, a not you know people get there. I think it's many other ways, but uh, there's all, many are the said ways. But there's actually one way to God, and that there's no other way to God. Now, do you think that? Um, say a person who is of Christian faith and a person who is a who is Muslim are um, in their practice differences can meet to the same end, or that there has to be a conversion because I know some people convert from one religion to the other for the sake of marriage, which is no different from me being like you said forced, like I'm doing this by force because I want something else. You're not doing it from truth or from the inside search of self to satisfaction. Do you think that two different bodies of religion or discipline or doctrine can bring you to the same end result? I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, without coming with the names first, without mentioning Islam, Christianity, uh, can you still hear me clearly? I can. Uh huh. Okay. Without mentioning like Islam, Christianity, or so and so. First, I want to approach the question from a logical human perspective, from a logical point, without having no uh, uh, education of religion. I am the type of person where I want to accept a religion based upon its evidences. For an example, if you take everyone outside who's sane, not insane, but they're sane, if you ask everybody, regardless of what religion you are, what color is the sky, mm -hmm. every answer should be unanimously blue. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not about the name Muslim, Christian, or this, but as far as evidence points that I'm going to follow. For an example, if you have a surgeon, a neurosurgeon, he, he, his job is to do operations on the brain. If he tells you that the only way to restore this person's brain is to follow these steps, then I must, because of his credentials and because of who he is, I must follow those steps. If I follow any one other steps, then my ending path will not be successful because I didn't follow the one who has the credentials. So in an analogy with the religion, when the Muslim's belief is that whatever God says, the believer's attitude is that we hear and we obey. And in the Quran, salvation, meaning the the saving of the soul from eternal damnation, which is hell, and the admission into paradise, which is eternal bliss, is on the criteria or guidelines of obeying and submitting to what he, 
God and his messengers say without adding any of our own personal interpretations or things like that. So when it comes to asking if a Muslim and Christian or whoever else can meet to the same ending, my answer would be that if the person, regardless who they are, are following what God said in his legislation, and to me, the legislation is the Quran because it comes with evidences. I don't know how much time we have on this phone call. I can get into that, but for the sake of time and respect for the call, you know, I'll, I'll leave that for a question if someone wants to ask. But in the Quran is loaded with evidences and proofs that made me, as growing up as a Muslim and rejecting it at a point of time, and going actually, which I didn't mention earlier, I actually went into the world of Christianity. I was a Christian. I almost became a deacon in the church, but... One day I had to sit down and be unbiased because at a point in my life I became very biased and like arrogant towards people. So I had to humble myself and get away from that. So what I did was I said I'm going to approach religion on proofs and evidences. So in the Quran, upon my conclusion of research and evidences, I found out that the salvation comes with, uh, um, you know, a, 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 a admitting or recognizing that the Creator is one and no one is to be worshipped besides him, that he's one alone. He doesn't have partners like a trinity or a son or things like that. That If you want salvation, that you sincerely turn to him, ask him to forgive you, stay away from that thing that displeases him, and follow his messenger. So if a Christian or a Buddhist or a Jew, whoever, changes based upon that, then yes, they can meet the final goal on the same path. And to me, if you ask us what that is, yes, that's becoming a Muslim. And we don't want to get caught up on the semantics of the wordplay, but the definition is that a Muslim is one, regardless of what color you are, who you are, one who submits to God willingly, male or female. That's my answer. Uh, 8952, are you there? Can you hear me? 8952. Just say hello then. Just say hello. The last four digits of the phone number that you're calling in is 8952. Can you hear me? And you're just still not going to answer, and that's okay. I don't have my little feed. I have a feel-good feed, cause she, they, and they it may, usually helps people feel a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> they They may not be able to hear you. Maybe they're having technical difficulties. I hope that they can hear me. Let's see, 5795, are you there and can you hear me? 5795. I hear you. 5795, are you there and can you hear me? Hello? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> hello, hello. I kept saying hello. I don't know. Something must be wrong with. Uh... <laughs> I think it's something wrong with Blog Talk tonight. Really, I do because all of my, as I explained earlier, all of my little whistles and bells that I pay for are not there, and I'm very sad about it because I'm excited about tonight's show. We have guest Kashif Muhammad on the line with us tonight, and we're talking about we're talking about what people would call religion. I'm saying that it is just the discipline uh, and the disposition of, of individuals. Do you have anything you'd like to add so far, or were you just coming in on the show? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to catch you early, but I was at work. I was trying to hurry up and, you know, get the job done so I can go ahead and catch you. But uh, I guess I'm in the middle of it now. 
Yeah, you are in the uh-huh. dead smack middle of it. Let me just ask you this: um, Do you ha- do you subscribe to a particular religious belief system? Mm. I uh, like um, what uh, like church you go to or um, like your um, <laughs> what uh, your religion? <laughs> Yes, yeah. tell tell and see. I, I think that is almost that's almost. If I have my little button where I have a pause, that to me is the exact point at which I think a lot of people uh, get confused. And um, when I say, "What do you believe and what do you practice?" People say, "Oh, you saying what church do I go to? What did your What did your mom and dad raise you to be?" Let's say it that way. Well. I was a Christian, but from Christian, I switched to Jehovah's Witness. From Jehovah's Witness to Baptist, I got real confused because I'm glad you're talking about this now. Now I can have some feedback. Um, mm-hmm. my, my it's like a big screw up, you know. It's like a mind thing, and I don't really like my mind being played with. I want to get a full understanding. Um, I was brought up in the church with my dad, first and foremost. My mom, she was raised as, you know, Jehovah's Witness, you know. and I mean, to me, we all serve in one God. You know, that's that man up above. You know, Lord Jesus Christ, he, he is our Savior, you know. And everybody have this belief that, you know, like different religions, oh, you're not supposed to wear uh, dresses or shorts. Or, I mean, I thought, I thought it supposed to be a come as you are. In church, you know what I mean, but don't make sure. I mean, make sure that you come presentable, not with the pants all the way down here. You know what? But the thing is, it's like, you know, my mom have this belief that you know, oh, you supposed to why you got out the church or whatever. And I mean, I had to find on my own, find out by myself. You know, I'm not a child no more. Let God lead me where I need to be at. You know, I mean, I love this thing. Yeah. I'm in the I'm in the Baptist, you know. I go to uh, New Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church. And matter of fact, our pastor is from Alabama. His his name is Marcus, uh, Pastor Marcus D. Davidson. He's from um, Birmingham. Um, mm-hmm. That's hey, that's what I was brought up on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like she still upset in my grandma actually, to this day. I, I think that you're I'm a Baptist. A great point to. I think you're actually at a great point to talk to Kashif Muhammad at this point, because if not, if if that doesn't almost say that there was a point, maybe, Kashif, that you were at this same point, and I think you were sharing with us earlier that there had to be a mm-hmm. point where you had to kind of know for yourself. If you were to speak to our guest here, Kashif, with regard to uh, what he needs to do next, not saying, you know, we're going to convert you or whatever, but what would you, how would you uh, uh, counsel him? Because I think that it is on those who are enlightened, that's what I call it, you know, we call it Holy Ghost field where I come from. Um, other people call it awake. Um, um, I don't know what you would call it in the Muslim culture, but what would you say to this brother uh, that's obviously lost? I would. I would um, simply appeal to his intellect. So, brother, I would first I would greet you. 
and I would say, how are you? How was your day? And I would get to know you on a personal level as not to judge you and just have a conversation with you. Then I would ask you about your belief in God, whether you say yes or no. If you say yes, you believe in God, that's a start. If you say no, then I will ask you why, and then I will appeal to your intellect. But because you do already believe in him, I will say this. For certain people who are confused from going back and forth in different persuasions of religion, then I will say if your main book resource is the Bible, then go to the New Testament, and it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.21, which I mentioned earlier, it says, to prove all things and hold fast to them. So a lot of people today have become, and I'm not necessarily speaking on you, brother. I'm just saying people. A lot of people today have become like sheep. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean sheep. They get together in the crowd and they just follow what anybody tells them. Um, but for, for, for us as humans, God gave us two faculties, two main ones. He gave us many faculties, but two main ones, the heart and the brain. Now, a lot of people always say, well, it's faith. You convicted. Yes. But in order to believe in something, for knowledge, the pre-word is no. So you have to know. When you were born, you didn't come out of your mother's womb already knowing that your name was whatever it is. You had to be instilled that knowledge. So somebody had to keep calling you that name until it registered, and then you, you accepted that because you knew it. Now, in, in religion, is the same, but on a greater level. For, for us, with God... It is involving the salvation of your soul, the saving of your soul. Now, I don't believe at all that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, yet I believe in him. I believe that God Almighty is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe that Jesus Christ is a messenger that God did send to the people. And during his time, if you did not follow what Jesus said, then you were on the other side, and that's not a good side. But I will appeal to your intellect and say to you that follow that verse. That verse says, Prove all things and hold fast to it. So if whatever belief that you take, and it's up to you, I'm not here to change nobody's belief. Whatever you believe in, you have the absolute right to challenge yourself and not just say, well, my mother taught me this, so it must be right. No, because you can have an example of a man who isolates his children, and he raises he raised his son to be a bank robber. That's all this boy knows is to rob banks and to hurt people. But if someone says, why do you do this? And he says, I do this because my father taught me this and it must be right. Then we all know from a moral point of view in society and from a moral point of view that this is not correct. And just because our mothers and fathers tell us something, and it may be that sincere advice, it doesn't mean that this is the right way. So for me personally, I took that stance and I said, I love my mother. I love my father. But I also love God more, and I love my soul more than them, although I love them. Because on the day of judgment, for those who believe in God, we know we have to stand in front of him and be questioned about what we did and why we did it. And I personally do not feel that my that me saying, well, I follow my mother is going to fly when God gave me a brain separately from my mother and you, to use it to intake data and information and to follow it. So I will appeal to him like that. And whatever the conversation will continue. Okay. What, brother, did you hear what was said? Did you? Can you receive what was said? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, brother. And I think that when you talk to people in a way that's respectful, I think that there is hardly, especially when you say that you have a truth, that you have a truth that you're trying to share with you know, the world, uh, that, you know, that I guess that you're a disciple 
And a lot of people don't get I, – I actually had this conversation I was saying earlier at the beginning of the show. I had this conversation in a different kind of sort of way with my mom and my um, aunts who I totally respect and love the uh, loyalty and the reverence that they have for what they do believe. They are not um, – I call them Bible thumpers. They're not the people who are going to just like hog tie you to do what you're supposed to do, but they're unwavering. And when they know what they believe to be their truth, that's just what it is. Like don't try to come and get something different because the essence of what you've been taught is what you're always going to hear. So you're not going to get them on a, on a bad day and they're going to tell you to do something that they don't believe that you're supposed to be able to do. And I think our brother did also speak about some very, um, some valid points that I think are kind of universal. Why is there such a, a do you as a uh, Kashif, do you as a Muslim experience certain um, things that have very little to do with a faith recognition? It's just purely what you're looking like, what you eat, those sorts of things. Like, do you find people try to trip you up or try to call you out about certain things and have it totally wrong? Because I've always wondered about the diet. I've, I've always seen in non-Christian types of movements, uh, not anti-Christian, but in non-Christian, quote-unquote, uh, movements of belief that there's like special diets, there's special foods that are a must, and it's always related back to something of the Bible when very little of that can be found in, I would say, the Christian teachings or practices. Is that true of the Muslim faith? So um, I, I heard the part about your food, but could, could you summarize your question a little bit better because my phone had went in and out. I'm sorry. Can, can you summarize it and give it to me again? Yeah, and I have that problem sometimes. I'm just like, all my mind, I have a little pen and paper, and I try to stay focused. I think I may have a little bit of adult ADD, but there are some things in the Christian faith that uh -huh. people autom automate to equal you're saved or not, or that you're actually a Christian and not. And our brother just said some of those things, with which is what you wear, uh, where you go, um, what particular type of church you go to and how it's integrated or not. Are, are there similarities to Muslim faith as well? Because I've heard some that have to do with diet and with dress. Okay. okay. I understand now. So with the Muslim, again, okay. I, I, previously, I previously said this earlier, but briefly, but in Islam, the religion of the Muslims, when it comes to dress code or diet or anything, everything is permissible <laughs> for us to do unless God has said, don't do it. So, for an example, I held a seminar one day, and a lot of people, they see the way the Muslim women dress. They cover from head to toe. Some, uh, bare minimum, they show their face and their hands. Some even cover their face. I'll explain that in a bit. But um, some people, they criticize that. So one day, there was a woman who asked me, and she said, why do you men, and she assumed that it was us men who make the woman cover, which is incorrect, but she said, why do you men oppress your women and allow them to cover like that? And, you know, for that salvation and blah, blah, blah. So I responded to her very positively, and I said to her, I asked her, I redirected, and I asked her a question, you know, similar, like kind of off the topic, but it was on the topic. So it hit her off guard, and I asked her simple. I said, do you like candy, right? And she, she, she looked at me like I was crazy, like, what do I got to do anything? So I said, no, do you like candy? And she said, yes. I said, do you like Jolly Ranchers? Because I like them too. And she said, yes. So I said, imagine right now 
you have an urge for Jolly Ranchers, right? The you know the the green apple kind or watermelon, whatever. So I I said I have two in my hand. One of them is wrapped. You know what a Jolly Rancher look like. One of them is wrapped, and one of them is unwrapped. And I have them in my hand. So I go to extend my hand to give them to you, but by mistake the two candies they fall on the street and on the ground. So I asked the lady. I said, which one would you pick up? And she said. I would pick up the one wrapped, not the one uncovered. So I said, why not the one uncovered? She said, because the candy uncovered is exposed to filth. I said, then you just answered the question for us. I said, the Muslim women, they choose to cover as to not expose themselves to the filth of the world, meaning perverted men or, you know, just all types of uh, people who have vulgar minds, you know, and like to try to rape women or look at women as objects or to debase women. So in the Quran... The ruling on women dressing is not an oppression. It's to liberate them and to have them looked at as a part of society without looking at them as just objects or sexual sexual pleasure beings or whatever you, etc. So, when it comes to dress code, and also it says what's permissible for us for food is many things, except one of the things. Excuse me. One of the things that everybody, most people know is that we're not allowed to eat pork, and this may come as a surprise to most people, but. Christians are not allowed to eat pork either, and I'll give you the, the direct references. And in the in the Bible, it is Leviticus 11. That is where you can find it, where God says, "Do not eat a swine." In Deuteronomy 14, so that's Deuteronomy 14 and Leviticus 11. Now, some people have debated me with that, and they said, "Well, that's the Old Testament." I said, "It is the Old Testament." I said, "Nothing has changed," and they respond and they say, "Well, we're in the New Testament now." I said, "That's correct," but I said, "If you go to the New Testament," Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus Christ is reported to have said, I have not come to destroy the law, meaning the Old Testament, or to destroy the prophets, uh -huh. but rather I have come to fulfill. And then he said further, not one tittle, iota, or jot will be changed in the law. And he said, uh -huh. until heaven and earth has passed. And that's judgment day. And he also went on to say that whoever seeks to change it, will be considered the least in the kingdom of God. So Jesus Jesus Christ is clearly stating that he has not come to change anything but to fulfill. And he also made it clear, and he was distinct with his answer, and he said, or his statement, and he said, nothing of the law will change. So for a lot of people who have a problem with, like, the food issue, they'll say, you know what, you Muslims, you can't eat pork, but, you know, we're just going to bless our food. I say, okay, but can you prove that? Because remember, the Bible says prove everything. And if you go to the Old Testament, if you want to follow what God say, then don't think that God is going to say something and change his mind. He said don't eat it. And there's a reason. So that's why. But to answer your question more accurately, do we have that in our religion about dress codes and food? Yes. And the reason is, like I said, everything is allowed for a Muslim to, to do unless the Creator says not to do it. And when he says not to do it, we don't have any other option because we want to do what's pleasing to the one who made us as we have, you know, we have to be grateful because without him, we can't be here. So we don't have, we don't take that standpoint of, you know, well, I know he said don't eat it, but it smelled good. It looked good. Or I know he said don't wear this, but it's hot outside. You know, we view it like this. Uh -huh. The Muslim women who I know and my wife as well, when, when they go out, when they go outside, you know, it is hot outside, but the cloths are not that hot. And when they go out, they think of one thing. If I take this off, am I doing this to please the people or am I pleasing my creator? And mm -hmm. I know that hellfire is even hotter than this, so I'd rather take this than that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Now, I didn't know that um, Muslims believed in heaven and hell, and some people who yeah, are even 
I don't even know what they are because I'll tell you, I I invite everybody to the Empire. I always, and this this is what we do here is we just have conversations so that people can understand because if you don't ask, you don't know. And if you take back uh, what other people say who don't, uh, who aren't, I guess, representatives or spokespersons of a certain train of uh, belief, you're just making assumptions. And then you will find something that actually agrees with your uh, disbelief of that person or disbelief of that religion. I mean, you're going to find something if you if you look for it without the real truth. And you mentioned something that I did not write down. I was going to ask you about sexuality and relationship because, of course, in I know for sure because I, I know I have a friend who was, she was Baptist. And her husband was Catholic. And in order for her to marry him, she had to convert to Catholicism, which meant that she was going to believe in something. Um, <laughs> that, that means she was going to choose something purely for the fact of having that person. Okay, she. Uh, okay, and let me give these instructions just so that I can give these out loud because I think people are having problems with the switchboard calling in. If you cannot call, in through 646-478-5625. Try calling in through 855-349-0668. Again, that's 855-349-0668. And you have to choose option one. When you choose option one, that allows me to see that you're listening. Otherwise, you're just listening to the show live. I can't see you to uh, identify you. And, again, I identify you by the last four digits of your phone number. Um, and I apologize for the board not working, and it always does this. If I was talking about some thoughts and some hoochie mamas and some craziness, the lines would be flooded in. I would have extra phone numbers showing. I will have all kinds of stuff. But because we're talking about something that actually has meaning, something that has um, the ability to actually help someone's life be better, you know, mm-hmm. I always have issues. Not the devil, it's just a situation that always occurs And uh, this happens all the time when I'm excited about a show But it's not going to deter us from continuing the conversation And I was, we were talking about sex And with this whole sex thing, you know, she couldn't She could, she, both of their religions said no sex before they got married Both religions actually affirmed that that is how you're supposed to conduct yourself You're not supposed to do it and also that you're not supposed to live together. But they did both of those things. But the biggest issue that people had was that they didn't have the title of the particular religion of the male. So she converted from Baptist to Catholicism in order to have a wedding and had to, like, take a written test to say, yes, I'm a confirmed Catholic, and now we can get married and have children and do the whole thing. And she could, she was, like, in an unrested state. Uh, not being able to convert. What are the Muslim rules? Because if I, I don't know if it's true, can you as a Muslim have more than one wife? And can and I saw this post on your page, and I was like, oh my god, gay. Like we were gonna do the whole gay homosexual show tonight because I have a particular belief about that whole idea um, and where that comes from, and it's not actually. Religious is just biology, in my opinion. But um, what what opinion does the Muslim have about uh, marriage for one, and then sexual 
uh, deviation from heterosexual relationships. That's a big one. I know. Are you there and can you hear me? Because I don't hear you so far. Well, let's see. I, I see other callers coming in. I think we're really having a, a bad time with the lines. And if you can hear me, please let me know uh, that you can. can. I'm going to open up a couple of. Okay, great, great. I'm so glad that you were able to get in. Have you heard the majority of the conversation tonight, or were you having difficulty listening? Yeah, I've been here ever, ever since the beginning. Okay, great. And it looks like other people are following instructions, girl, because these lines now are falling in. What do you have to say to our guest, Mr. Kashif Muhammad, who's on the line with us tonight? For starters, good evening, sir. And And I'm not sure if he – go ahead. And I really appreciate him in being very honest and firm in his belief and in his study, in his belief system, Um, Uh and not being rude with it, you know, if you you, um, Uh get where I'm coming from on that, where Uh um, me personally, I didn't grow up going to church. Mm-hmm. which that astonishes a lot of people because, you know, down here in the South, you know, that is a big portion of the African-American upbringing. It's supposed to be the foundation of raising your children up in church. And um, and my personal beliefs and everything, I could consider myself an individual that's unplugged from any religion. Because I didn't grow up with the indoctrination uh, of it all. And what I have been discovering in my learning and and in my belief system, I believe in the teachings of Kemet, which okay, is that? the teachings of Kemet, or Kemet is the real, the true Egypt, the original name for Egypt. Egypt was okay. given okay. that na- that name was given to Egypt by the Romans, and in the studies of Kemet, it teaches us about the many gods that we, as a culture, followed, and the teachings of, uh, and the um, forty-two principles of Maat, which the Bible was fashioned after those forty-two principles. And it predates the writing of the Bible, or it predates um, the Islamic faith and the and Christianity, and that's what I've been mm-hmm. studying. You know, okay. In that, um, it's basically stating one God is not absolute. You have the higher gods, and then you have the lower deities under them. Okay. That rules now, the mindset. Now, are you talking about? Okay, because see, I and I and I'm just learning. I'm just learning, and I think I answer ask yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. questions that other yeah. people may not. And Kashif, are you still there? Can you hear us? 
I think she possibly has fallen off. Well, it it says he had fallen off, but I see he's back. Let me just refresh my board, and you know I'm going to act uh-huh. real ugly with blog talk when I get off the phone because that's just not right. There he is. Let's see. Let me open up this line because that one's showing. Are you there? And can you hear me? Because she, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we got you back. I'm gonna say praise God because that's how we say yeah. it in the church that I go to. But you know, um, we were talking earlier about the differences, and our sisters joined us in the conversation, telling us about Kermit. And I, I, I have, I have Kimmy. seen that. Didn't know exactly what Kimmy. that was. Didn't know what Kimmy. I didn't know what mm-hmm. that was. And is there, is there a difference between the history of the origin of people and the discipline and quote unquote religious move of a people because I think those are two different things. That's like a history class and a psycho- uh, sociology class. Those they're that different, even though they intermingle. Um, me understanding and... that the foundation of Egypt's first name was Kemet. I don't know if that matters to my soul if I'm trying to live a life that's wholesome. Now, sister, if you answer it, we'll let let Kashif come back behind us. Well, here's the thing. In that, the the people who came and believed in that when your soul left your body, your soul was eternal. And in that afterlife, your afterlife was a very pleasant one where you were able to live your your afterlife any way that you saw fit. So mm-hmm. in the 42 principles of my eye, my eye um, means balance. Basically, your, your good should outweigh your bad. And if your good outweighs your bad, then you're going to leave a, live a peaceful afterlife. If your bad outweighs your good, then you already know the outcome of that. Okay, and um, uh, Kashif, is that a contradictory or an accessory to the same truth that you hold? Because that almost not, and I'm not, and I'm respectfully asking the question because that's what we do. I don't disrespect anybody's religious or personal uh, belief system or spiritual belief system, but that almost sounds like if you just do a little bit more good than you do bad, that you're okay, and that's that's different then I'm in a constant strive of doing right. How do you feel about that, Kashi? Um, am I am I heard? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So my answer to that and first of all I want to thank the the lady I don't I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but I didn't I didn't catch it. I want to thank you for your feedback. Um my answer to that is that first, the Muslim point of view and matter of fact, a lot of what you said has some essence to what is the Muslim belief about Doing good, but to further, excuse me, to further expound on that is that our point of view is like this: our life is not about so much about doing good or bad. That that aspect is there, but our number one aspect of life is is recognizing the one who created us. After we recognize him, then we are to find out what he instructs. What is it? What is it that he instructs us to do? And he instructs us that we should worship him. Meaning, worship means obey. So if he say do good, our good has to be, our good has to be solely to please him, and it must be done in accordance 
with how his messenger did them. Now, to give you an example about, you know, because some uh-huh. people say, well, all 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 you have to do is, you know, live a good life, like like you said, respectively, you know, live a, live a good life, do good things, let the good outweigh the bad, and then you're good. But think about this. For those who are believing in God on here, cause like, like, uh, like Sharon said, we cannot, you know, be disrespectful. So you have people who, who worship the devil, right? There's people who worship the devil. But realistically, that character may be of a good character. We know for the people who believe in God and know that the devil was an evil character and an evil entity, we don't ascribe to the things that the devil do. But there could be a person who worships the devil, yet he helps an old lady across the street. He gives charity to the children's hospital. He he do all these things. And in his life, his good outweigh his bad, except for he worships the devil. So our point of view, even if a person like that does good, he will not have salvation in the hereafter, even though he did the majority of good. Why? Because his main priority was not checked, and that is recognizing and counseling out all deities of worship except for the one true God. And once that, this is the key factor. The key factor is recognizing him and then uh, uh, finding out what it is he instructs us to do. And he do instruct us to do good, but in order for good to be accepted by him, it has to have two characteristics. Number one, it must be done. This is a Muslim perspective. Number one, it must be done sincerely to please him and nobody else. And number two, it must be in accordance or with the example of how his messenger did it. What do I mean? For the people during Jesus' time, if they did a good, that their intention should be not to be seen of the people, but to be seen of God. And it should be done how Jesus Christ instructed them to do. Same thing with Moses' time, same thing with Abraham, Noah, Muhammad, peace be upon them all, etc., etc. So that is my take on that. I like the way that once you've made a point, I think that Muslims are one of the most disciplined sets of men, folk, period. It's just, I just, I like, I'm attracted to that. I'm attracted to order. I'm attracted to discipline. I'm attracted to having actually just a directive of, on what you're trying to do. Like, almost. I've said this before on shows that have nothing at all to do with your spiritual background or what have you. I think that men are were made in the order that they were made for the sole purpose of being the directors. And like right now, the churches that are not, I don't know about the Muslim church. I'm just a uh, synagogue or temple, um, however you gather when you assemble together with the persons mosque. of the same belief system, the mosque, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when they come together, um, it's always so many women. And I, I, I know this to be true in the in the Christian church of any denomination. Them women will be ruling that church. They, they, they. I don't care what you say. I don't care how passe they are and how they act and that sort of thing. They are very removed with with being out front, but they have the they have an influence that sometimes is I think to the detriment of the church. And when when we see women who are in their way, in their dress, in their walk submissive as we are supposed to be, which does not mean that you're getting beat down, which does not mean that you're being um, manhandled or anything like that. They, it's an automatic pushback. I don't want to be that because I'm not going to have a man telling me i got to wear, you know, I, I, everything out of step of my eyes. And stuff. It's, it's, I think that's one of the reasons why 
a lot of people are away from the truth. And men, because they are human, and men, because they do have just the human biology of procreation and of, um, it's, it's, I think it's even in the Bible that the women have the force to kind of sway the man. You know what I mean? We were made for uh, from you, and so it's not a completion in the way that you're going to be without your arms and legs if you don't do what I tell you to do. It is uh, it's just evidence that there is a need of a woman for a man, and instead of using her ways in a way that is for the betterment, I think we've kind of perfected being beguiling, and we can kind of get them to change the laws, how it goes. You have something to say? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. May, may I expound on that? Yes, go ahead, yes. Um, so everything you just said is absolutely 100% true, and we as Muslims, we agree to it. And a lot of people, um, either through watching the media or just witnessing some individual men, or I should say males, who claim to be men of the Muslim persuasion, some of them are tyrants, some of them are oppressors, and for the people, whether they're male or female, who observe these types of men or males doing these things, that, that, that might give them a bad taste of the religion of Islam. But I'm here to say and, re- and, and defend it, which it, it really don't need no defense, but I'll say in the Quran it says that men are a degree above women not because they're women and low. No, it's because of what you said. We are the providers and the maintainers. God created the woman special and unique, and they and they are fragile, and that's why we are made maintainers of them, not tyrants, tyrannical rulers or oppressors because they're women. No, you must respect the womb that bore you, and this is in Islam. I'm going to give you a hint, uh, excuse me, not a hint, a traditional uh, um, narrative of what our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said. Now, because a lot of people, they have a misconception that Muhammad, peace be upon him, was, you know, he hated Christians or he debased women, all of these lies. So I'll tell you that one day a man came up to him, to the Prophet Muhammad, and he asked him, he said, O Messenger of God, who is most deserving of my companionship? Meaning, in our days we would say, you know, who who's most deserving to be my bestie? You know, that's phrase for today. But that's what he meant. Who's most deserving to be my best friend? And the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he responded with your mother. He said your mother. So then the man asked, okay, it's my mom. Who next? And the prophet looked at him and said, your mother. He said, okay, my mother twice. Who next? He said, your mother. Then he said, okay, who next? He said, then your father. So in Islam, the mother was given three times the right over the father in respecting the womb and the and the, uh, the trials and the tribulations and the hardship and struggle that it takes to bear a child and to go you know, these nine months, actually ten months, but to go through all of these months holding this child, you know, on her feet, doing all the things that a woman have to do, and a lot of men don't respect that, and the things that the woman can do, the men can't do. Some things that the men can do, the woman can't do. So God has given us roles. The women have some roles, and the men, excuse me, the women have a role, and the men have a role. If the two meet these roles respectively, you're going to have a house of harmony. Now, my opinion which can lead to a fact is that today in our society, especially in the Western world, because a lot of people in the Western world, they allow society to dictate how you should live, how old you should be when you marry, et cetera, et cetera, what you should wear and everything, and what you should eat, the whole nine yards. And then when someone comes in a religion and does something else, it is looked at as weird. So this is this is the case. So for us, for the women, 
we, you know, a lot of people had this uh, misconception that when Muslim women and, and the men walk outside that the women have to stand behind the man like 10 feet or something like that. I don't know if y'all heard that, but I've heard that before, and it's, and it's crazy. But actually, when our women walk outside, they walk in front of us. Why? Because how can we protect them if they're behind us? We, we put them in front right. of us. So we, so we can watch them. And if we see danger coming, that's when we put them behind us. So we can be the ones in front of the danger to protect them. And if you see someone, uh, if you see any Muslim man beating or hitting on a woman, they have no justification for that. There's nothing in this religion that says we can do that. If you see a man debasing a woman, there's nothing in Islam that says do that. If you see him doing all of these type of things, then just know that you have a religion, a worldwide faith of more than 1.5 billion people, and then you have people who are not perfect or, who you know, just people, and they ascribe to be on that. Just like, you know, a lot of people, it's sad that when you see TV, you might see an Arab man or someone, it could be an American, if they say they're Muslim and they do a crime, you know, we don't condone the crime. They're wrong if they do the crime, but they'll always say Muslim terrorist or Muslim fanatical or fanatical or whatever it's called. But but you'll see if someone is of the Christian persuasion or Jewish persuasion or just nothing, they will not attribute what he did to terrorism. Even the police. If you know, I'm from Baltimore City. I don't know if y'all follow the news, but even just what happened in Baltimore with Freddie Gray, those police, that was a Uh terrorist act. Uh But you do not hear them saying on the news, these terrorist police. You hear them saying, well, the police are is alleged that they did this. Even now, when they've been right. indicted, you still don't hear them saying these police committed a terroristic act, and that is terroristic. It's a terror. But uh-huh. but anyway, these are all yeah. from misconceptions. That's it. Well, I, ooh, I I'm just okay. I'm getting overwhelmed. I'm making so many notes. I can't even read what I'm writing right now. But um, before you got disconnected a little bit, we were talking about the wives, and you very well. Uh, made clear that this uh, the, the belief system and the practice that you have in in your faith does not give you a pass to be mean or hateful or demeaning to your wife. If anything, it makes you the protector provider for her, which is what Christians say. You know, I just I just I I don't understand how people can even derive that from that, and even in the name of that. But when you say that, it made me want to ask, and I I think I asked you this before when we talked prior to the show about Louis Farrakhan. Now I I before I wanted to hear him, the whole idea of Louis Farrakhan is that he was a an extremist, that he uh, was a hate monger, that he pushed an agenda that had to do with eliminating blue-eyed people. Uh, I put him in the same category, foolishly, that I put uh, with uh, Malcolm X, where where he didn't have that same agenda. I I, I, I don't think the same by either of the two men, but when people hear Muslim or Islam, I know, because I did, I thought about Louis Farrakhan. Can you just please let the people know um, about uh, Louis Farrakhan and where he fits into this whole Okay, he he fits nowhere in the religion of Islam. Nowhere. I'll just tell you like that. Now let me be. I'm gonna be honest, and I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. And I have, as a Muslim, I must be just. I myself personally, I have never ever spoke to Louis Farrakhan. I've never met him. I've never shook his hand. I've never been in the presence of him. So personally, I have no problem with him. I don't know him, but. As 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 what he teaches, because he what he teaches, he attributes it to the religion of Islam. That's where I have a problem, and all of the Muslims have a problem, because 
he takes the religion of Islam and he fits it to his own personal agenda and he preaches okay. things that is not true. And if you go on, I'll give you all a reference just to let you know. On 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 YouTube, uh, after I say this, I'll go into my okay. explanation. But on YouTube, you can type in, there's a man, he's a Muslim. His name is Khalid Yassin. His first name is Khalid. K-H-A-L-I-D. Last name Yassin. Uh-huh. Y-A-S-I-N. And you can type in Khalid Yassin on the Nation of Islam or on Farrakhan or whatever. You'll see a whole lecture on the the uh, point of view that the Muslims take against Farrakhan, and I'll tell you why. Farrakhan preaches hate. This is just this is just this is a fact. Farrakhan calls the Caucasian race blue-eyed devils. Sometimes he 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 uh-huh. you know he tries to hide it on TV, but there's no doubt that if you ever go to one of his um, gatherings, he may not be present. They have something uh-huh. called Savior's Day every day every year in Chicago, but you can watch it via satellite or you know whatever. But some of his speakers get up there, uh-huh. but they 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 look at the Caucasian race as a lower race. And as a Muslim, our Prophet Muhammad, he said this during his time. He said, no Arab has superiority over a non-Arab. And no black man has a superiority over white, nor white over black, etc. Islam makes it clear that in the Quran, Allah says, God says that uh, he, uh, the, 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 the most God-fearing person is the one who fears him the most and, and worships him the best. He doesn't look at your colors. Uh-huh. So Farrakhan portrays that he is a messenger of God. He, so that's one reason we de, we denounce him, because as a Muslim, we can only believe in all the prophets and messengers that God authentically legislated, meaning Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Abraham, uh-huh. Noah, and all the other prophets that we know about. And as a Muslim, we do not believe, and there's a verse very explicit, in, not explicit, exclusively in the Quran, uh, chapter 33, verse 40, and it says that Muhammad... It's not talking about Elijah Muhammad, the nation of Islam follow. It's talking about the Muhammad 600 years, approximately 600 years after Jesus Christ in the region of Saudi Arabia, Mecca. That Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, but he is the messenger of God in the last seal, the end of the prophets. So this is what the Muslims believe. So for Farrakhan and them, which their religion was established in the 19, like 20s or 30s or so, they came with the idea that Elijah Poole, which is Elijah Muhammad, was a messenger of God uh-huh. sent to the black people, the black race, as an interpreter of the Quran for the people. And we say we reject uh-huh. that. And also, uh, to end on this note, one of our beliefs as uh-huh. Muslims, and this is something that we have different from the Christians too, is that all the prophets of God, they were faultless and sinless. Now you might say, well, they were human. Yes, they were human, and all humans sin. So what makes them different? God has preserved them all, the best of mankind. He has chosen to represent his message. For an example, in the Bible, it depicts Noah. You can even see it. I don't know if they showed it on a movie, but in the Bible, it depicts Noah as one who gets drunk and falls naked and his sons had to cover him up and take him away. We as Muslims, we reject this uh-huh. idea because we say that Noah and all the other messengers of God were the best of people. And uh-huh. it is, is quite blasphemous uh-huh. on them to, to think that God is going to choose a man like Noah and have him call people to what is right in morality, yet you go around the corner and see him tipsy, as they say, or drunk and falling out naked. This is uh-huh. this is clear sin and abomination in, in our religion. We believe and we love it, uh-huh. we love Noah, but we do not accept the story, like I said earlier, that some people have attributed to Noah while we know he is a righteous character. So in our religion, these prophets are of the best of quality, which leads me back to the nation of Islam. Elijah Muhammad, and this is you can see this on a 
the uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. I mean, excuse me, the biography of Malcolm X. You can look on a movie. You can even Google this. That Elijah Muhammad was a man who was sleeping around with teenage girls, had children by them, and fathered them and did not take any responsibility to them, but yet he's claiming to be a messenger of God. This is not someone who God appoints to be a role model for the people, of the, the masses of people. This is not it. We reject that, and we reject his idea. Farrakhan in them says that God Almighty descended and manifested himself inside of the persona of a man named Farad, Master Farad Muhammad, which we reject because as a Muslim, it takes us out of our religion to have the belief that God Almighty descends and becomes like any of his creation because we as Muslims, and this is the big point difference between us and Christians, the Christians believe, or the uh -huh. mainstream Christian, I, I should say, because there are different denominations, the uh -huh. mainstream Christian uh -huh. based upon the year 325 is called the Council of Nicaea, or 354, I forget the years. It's called the Council of Nicaea. Uh, the Christians believe that uh, God Almighty has descended and manifested himself in the persona of Jesus Christ, making him divine. We Muslims, we reject this idea because we say that God Almighty does not liken himself to anything he created or manifest himself in anything he created, which makes him different than us, which makes him the supreme being, the God. Because if he becomes like uh, us, what is now distinguishing us from him? And we say it would be nothing, but that's why we keep him on that level that is uh, befitting to him. So that's my answer. And uh, 6638, I see you dropped and came back. I want to make sure that you are welcome to the show if you'd like to have something to say. The last word is just on your phone number, 6638. Can you hear me? Six six three eight. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. They've come. <laughs> they've come back a couple times, and uh, seventy nine twenty one. Your your uh, line is open as well. But I think that um, I, I can't explain for anybody else's idea of why uh, it's such a stretch to believe that sometimes we're just saying the same things in different ways, and uh, we're we're not even. Uh oh. Somebody's calling. Hello. I don't know who that is. Yes, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you. You're in and out. You're fading and breaking up horribly. Okay. Okay. What's what's your what's the last four digits of your number so I can make sure I I see you. I think you just dropped. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think she just dropped. That was six that was six six three eight. Try to call back. And this is not me, and I promise you I do such a better job than I'm doing tonight. But I tell you, when you want to tell something that means something to somebody, it's just, like, unbelievable how many um, technical difficulties we have. But that's just the way the things go. If I see you come back onto the line, 6638, uh, I'll open it back up. Um, but I will say this about um, Farrakhan. Um, Louis Farrakhan has an obvious agenda of separatism, which I yep. think contradicts any um, level of Christianity, any move of uh, oneness, one godness, and that sort of thing. But I think he also has a truth of wanting to have a betterment for the black race, period. But I have a problem with trying to make blacks uh you know, suddenly, you know, I don't 
you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a nurse by trade, and I'm a sociology person, and I follow what uh, the the news media says, and then I also follow reputable sources of information. And I know that the first black person, the first person on earth, probably had African American roots. Actually, the uh, truth of it is is that more probable that most people have. African American in their DNA somewhere than any other mixture of culture, but that's just evolution, and that has nothing to do with the essence of person. Because I can tell you, if I could tell you how many times I've been thrown out of the black race just because I wouldn't call somebody a coon, or because I didn't hate, or because I wasn't separating in every way, shape, or form in a world that's actually built on top of me not having equal opportunity from the beginning. Like, it just is a big contradiction in and of itself. But when it comes to Louis Farrakhan, I think that to merge, and I think this is a tactic, I think this is no different from people who have a personal agenda with some sprinklings of truth and realness in it, and they use it under the umbrella of the wrong uh, heading. Like, I had no idea that he was not some level of representation for uh, Islam or uh, Muslim religion, and when you talk, he, he like, will say well, he is. Like, he will say he is, but he yeah, has he a group is, of but people. But there are a movement of people who are subscribed to that. Is that like one of the peel offs of maybe they had some tradition to it, or is this no. totally one man who is who is just coloring the Kool Aid? No, he's calling the Kool-Aid, but I'll tell you that a lot of people who follow them, some of them are innocent, meaning they just don't know, and they, they try their best. So let me give you an example. The word Islam, like I said earlier, it means submission to God, and the word Muslim means one who submits to God. So basically alone with that definition, they call themselves Muslims because of that title, but not knowing that in Islam there are uh, conditions to being a Muslim and with belief systems, and a lot of what he teaches, well, everything that he teaches, directly goes against what the Quran teaches. For example, the Quran teaches that God is not a man. God is above the creation, and their main theme is that God became a man. So automatically that removes him from being an authentic Muslim. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I received it. And, and before we get too far gone, because it's showing that I have 30 minutes, I don't even trust my thing tonight because nothing's right on here. It's just not fair, and we're going to see what we can do about it. But we talked about uh, scriptural differences and how the messenger and, and the revelation of that that person has um, should be in its purest form and that it can be made accountable by its authenticity by going back and looking at you know, it's like credentialing. It's just like a credentialing. And we were also talking about how um, the explanation of what has been a preserved word or a preserved message or revelation. You know, the Christian church, we call that a testimony. Like somebody come mm-hmm. back and they give a testimony, a testimony to what has been said. Even sometimes people refer to different scriptures in the Bible. And by that Bible, I mean the King James. We know there are several versions, but... Um, Tell us what you told me about the John 3.16, because I think that was kind of paramount, um, how the words, 
how words can actually be used in such a way that's not actually for the benefit of the of the message itself. Okay. So what I was discussing earlier was that a Muslim belief is that whatever God reveals, that's what he reveals, and he has attached a messenger to each book that he revealed with the purpose of expounding and explaining, excuse me, explaining the verses. So if God sends a verse, then it is not proper for anyone of us, laymen or lay, you know, laymans, to say, you know, I think I get this out of this verse or such and such, because that's the whole point of him sending a messenger, you know, sending a message. So my, without being disrespectful in any way, the Muslim's point of view is that within in the Bible itself, Muslims, like I said earlier, are not against the Bible. Muslims are against what people have added to what God has revealed in the Bible. So it makes it a book in our perception as half and half, meaning some truth and some falsehood. And there, there, are, truth in the, there are truths in the Bible. So, for an example, when we find verses, because I said earlier in the Quran, there's a verse that says that the Quran is a confirmation of the previous revelations in the past. So it confirms the truth of the previous revelations, showing that the Muslims do believe that God has revealed these revelations to these prophets that are mentioned in the Bible. So, with John 3.16, it says that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that is a contradiction to the Muslims with John 17, verse 3. Because both, and I'm going to uh, say the verse, but both of these verses are explaining what salvation is, what it means, and what you have to do. And in John 3, 16, uh -huh. and before I say that, I'm, I apologize. If you look at the, um, I don't know how many people have what is called a red letter Bible. A red letter Bible is the uh -huh. Bible that in red in the New Testament, it, it portrays or it's, it's supposed to be what Jesus, or no, it is what Jesus explicitly said in the Bible com, uh, compared to uh -huh. what, you know, whatever other people have said. So anyway, when you read John 3.16, you'll see that that's not in red. John 3.16 is from the, narr the narrator, who is John. And I can get in that, that point in a second. But John says, for God so loved the world, etc. Like I said, and, and whoever shall believe on the Son shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, we know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because I got into this conversation before, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are supposedly four writers who all four of them are inspired by the same one true God on the account of Jesus Christ's life. Now, some people say, well, because of four different people at four different times, they may have a discrepancy on minor things. That's, that's acceptable, no problem. But when it comes to major uh -huh. issues, dealing with salvation, then they shall all be on the same accord because it deals with the saving of the soul. So, for an example, uh -huh. in John, it, it says that. But when you go to John 17, verse 3, and it is in red letters, what Jesus said, and it, I quote, it says, For this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou have sent. The Muslims have no problem with accepting John 17, verse 3, because it directly matches up with what Allah says in the Quran, that Allah created Jesus, sent him as a messenger to the people of Israel to guide them to truth. That's what John 17, 3 is saying. But John 3, 16 is depicting that God has a son. He sent his son in the world to die, and you must believe in him as your savior. And if you don't, you won't have salvation. But John 17, 3 directly contradicts John 3, 16. That's another issue. Dealing with the word that uh, you asked me about was begotten. The word begotten, uh -huh. if you look it up, it denotes animalistic, barbaric. I'm going to keep it real on here. 
uh, sexual relations uh-huh. between between a man and a woman, or or any creature for that matter. Now, if we want to attribute these type of words to the God of the universe, the God of everything that's seen and unseen, then this is direct blasphemy because, remember, you can't take words out of that context. Begotten means that. Uh-huh. So if you attribute that to God, you are directly saying that God had to have some type of sexual relations with someone implying Mary because Jesus came from her. What we, we reject that God did that. And I think that everybody would reject that, not considering the fact that that word means that. So when you look at the New King James Version or the Revised Version, when you go, the Bible writers or the scholars, they've taken that word out. So when you read it now, it doesn't say that. It says this in the New King James Version. If you have that, you can look it up. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The word begotten is, extra, is taken out. Let's say that his only son, that whoever shall believe in him. Now, the problem that we have for this is that, wait a minute. First of all, if John 3.16 was revealed and inspiredly revealed by God to them, who, who gives them the right first to even take that word away if God sent it down? But knowing that God would not attribute a word like that to himself, then that means that that verse, even in the original form, didn't come from the Creator because He would not attribute Himself to a quality like that. That's our standpoint. Uh, huh. See, I, and see that type teaching, non-defensive, just explanatory, is why it makes a difference between when you're, you know, because Christians are big on winning souls. We want, you know, it's the largest religion in the world, and it's a religion, which means this is a bunch of practices that we're going to grade you on whether or not you're doing it or not, and it's a show. It's, 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 it's extra stuff that, you know, and I'm not trying to damn any particular religion because I consider myself a Christian, but, I, you know, when I say Christian, it almost is like the brother earlier. You have to start saying, you know, I don't do this, I don't do that, so I can get in my mind exactly who you are. But if it is what it is, that wouldn't be necessary. Just like when someone says that I'm Muslim, there will be an understanding that there is a Quran and, and that I follow this, uh, these teachings unabbreviated, um, nothing added to it, nothing taken away from it. But unfortunately, people just want to feel comfortable with uh, what they do claim and don't have want to answer to anybody before we get ready to go, I would love for you to uh, in, uh, let us know how you can be reached or any information, that, uh, any questions that I can forward to you. Or if you'd like for me them to reach you through me, um, I would like for you though, to share your Facebook because you're out there. And if they can't find you, they can redirect to me. But if you could share that with us right quick. Okay. Um, so on Facebook, my name is Kashif Muhammad, which is spelled K A A. S like Sam, H-I-F like fish. Last name is Muhammad, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. Now, you're going to find some people with that same name, but if it's hard to find me, then I am on uh, Sharon's list, her friend list, and you can see me on there, um, a light-skinned, brown, brown, brownish, light-skinned man with, you know, a beard, a, a, a big beard. Um, also, my house number, which, which you can freely call, is 302 Six nine one five three zero zero. My cell number. Um, I have a new number for tomorrow. I don't have it yet, but I have the number. But it's, the service is not on until tomorrow. It is. Uh, you can put four four three four zero zero nine zero six one. 
and also on Facebook you can inbox me. So that's that's how you can get in contact with me. Or email, I'm sorry, I have an email. Oh. Kashif okay. Muhammad, my first name first name and last name, K A A S H I F M U H A M M A D five eight at gmail dot com. Well, I want to say thank you, and I usually would have a pause by this time, but we already been over my discussion like religiously. I've said it too many times already tonight, and I, I see another caller that has been here, and I just want to offer one last time before I mute the phones and have my little say, which I usually have a commercial right before that. Oh, but never mind. They hung up. So what I'm going to do is just do my little spill. And, and, I, and like I said, you know, it never fails that when you're trying to get information to people, um, they have, you know, I think the world is just kind of a defensive period. People come into a, a learning environment, a, a potential for growth, and instead of being open-armed, open-minded, uh, and full of questions, they come on the defense, they come with name-calling, they come with a threshold of where you going to take me and not. And I think it has to do with fear, but I also think that it has to do with a self-government that we lack, uh, particularly we black folk. You know, and I love my people. I'm still black. I'm still African-American, whatever other name you want to call me. Just don't call me a coon. Um, I love uh, when people are willing to share themselves and why they do a thing. I think that it's very important that if you're going to state, you know, I am under this umbrella of a certain mindset or a certain religious preference or a certain denomination, that you at least should be able to support the reasons as to why or else you are dumb as a sheep. You are dumb, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I'm saying that because if you are practicing something religiously and you're saying things and damning other people for practicing differently than you, then at least tell me why. And it's not a why that's empty or rhetorical. I'm just trying to understand why you say what you say. I have never been of the mindset, uh, whether it's just within my daily walk as a person, as a woman, as a single person, Person, as a married woman when I was married, whatever, I'm not going to try to damn what you do without at least considering what brought you to that point. You know, and, and nobody is born with all of the knowledge. Nobody is born with everything. I think every Bible, Quran, every writing, every scripture supports the fact that there are no perfect people anymore, okay? I don't think that... Um, we're going to get the best example of everything uh, in one person anymore. Like, I think two black people are notorious for wanting a savior, uh, literally right there that you can just kind of throw things at, and if it doesn't stick, then, oh, yeah, he's doing pretty good. If I can't find any fault in this person, he's pretty good. And that's, that's one of the biggest uh, pushbacks that I get from people who are non-Christian is they want to show you how uh, flawed you really are, and I think that speaks to the uh, the, the it's, it's the reason why there are so many uh, people that are lost. It's the reason why there are so many people who uh, are will perish because they lack the understanding that no one's claiming to be perfect, but to strive for perfection is a lifestyle for for people. It is a it's it's just what you do in regular life, even in your job. 
screen, who would really run a race or who would really go to school to, I'm going to strive to be number 33. It's like stupid. Like that don't even make any sense. So why would you not even in your life try to strive to have more understanding so that you can better perfect the life that you have? Nothing perfect and no one is, but if there is a perfect being, if there is a higher power, if there is, can't, why, why, why can't you allow people who have that as a goal of spiritual happiness or spiritual rest? What, what, what's wrong with them having that? And to start to damn people just because you don't have an answer. Like this whole conversation tonight was just healthy, and it was the type of conversation that I expect to have even in text. I mean, I started the show by explaining that I had a, call, uh, a texter, someone who added me. I don't even know them, and I add a lot of people whether I know them or not. I, they added me. Would you be my Facebook friend? Yes, I'll be your Facebook friend. Then I'm your Facebook friend, and then the moment that I say that I believe differently than you do or even ask you to just uh, explain the reason why you believe that you do, I become something negative, I become something coolish, and then you get to spit some foulness out of your mouth or through your texting finger anyway, and then block me. Don't allow me the opportunity for help because I think it's also healthy that when you do meet someone or when you do interact with someone who's not necessarily of the same mind uh, or or faith walk as you, that at least, at the least, be uh, an opportunity to share. And when you find yourself when you can't share nothing, you probably need to shut up and sit down. It's just me. Now, that's how we do it in the church. You know, we tell them to press the pine, the pine pews at the church. When you don't have anything of service or servitude to a body of people that you're speaking with, an interaction that you're participating in, whatever, if you don't have anything to share, sit down and be quiet. And hopefully on Thursday coming this week, we'll have another good discussion. It's going to be of a totally different gamut of uh, discussion, but a discussion just the same. I have gotten to the point of nausea with people saying that they want love and affection and relationship and marriage when all they're talking about is sex. Like there's a totally different realm of experience when it comes to sex versus intimacy. And everybody, if I, if one more male being or female being inboxes me saying that I want these things and then you're practicing and governing yourself in a way that's the absolute opposite, I'm just go. I just might have to blast you. I try to be nice. But sometimes people just don't understand. I talked to Kashif about that earlier. Sometimes it seems like the words that are, you choose sometimes are confusing with the message. And sometimes you just have to cuss folks and saying, like, I, I don't know if that's the scripture in my King James or not, but I'm going to try not to cuss nobody. But I'm going to get off this phone tonight. We will hear from you on Thursday, same time, 8 to 10 Central Standard Time. And we're going to talk about whether or not you want to be intimate or whether you just want sex. Now, the only two songs that I have left are the two that they left on my little blog talk uh, schematic, so I'm going to have to choose one of those, and it's going to probably be the same one that we chose for the beginning of the show, which is befitting because I think our conversation can end as this. Just because we live on the same planet, Earth, 
doesn't mean that we're of the same mindset. Some people are just functioning in a world their own. They're not receptive to anything and anybody that's different from theirs. doesn't make it right. It just makes it the truth. Understand that you may be actually from a different world than someone else sitting or living or being right next to you. If you want to share your world, that's one thing, but don't expect that everybody's going to think just like you. Y'all have a good night. I'm letting out a space He asked me what I was doing there Cause I looked out of place 